passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Brandon Thurston from WrestleNomics is up next, and we're going to follow Brandon with John Pollock from Post Wrestling. Thank you, and good afternoon, everyone. But we can't ignore the math, okay? We can't ignore the data. Go on Google Trends, type in your name, then type in mine. You're a straight line. I'm a pyramid. I like the very direct question on that. Television ratings, downward spiral. Fire rates, plummeting. The time is now to turn the math around. That's right. It's Pollock and Thurston. It's Tuesday. What's going on? We've got a breaking news edition. I am John Pollock, joined as always by Brandon Thurston from Russellnomics. The big day, the raw rights. We're not just talking domestic. We've got a, I don't want to say all-encompassing deal, but this was uh, more more scale than I think we were maybe anticipating, that these uh, these renewal rights w- would open the door. And knock, knock. They just distracted us, Brandon, with a fashion show appearance by Paul Levesque. All a distraction, all cover. Jeff Bezos. Netflix. And there you go, Netflix. And, uh, and I mean, topping the list today, Brad Keywell, now part of the TKO Board of Directors as well. Yep, and that's the big news. Brad sliding is in there as well, just to, as an add-on to all of this. But, man, Brandon, just, just tell me how you woke up, how this news arrived at you. And just tell me from the Brandon Thurston perspective. Well, I was up early. I was up around six o'clock AM or so. Um, and so I was, I was prepared. I did not get a heads up from uh, that, that Pat McAfee did that. There was going to be big news dropping today. Uh, but I, I just, actually John Cena, not John Cena, John Cena. Uh, if John Cena broke this news to you, I think you would absolutely <laughs> need to have uh, shared that and disclosed yes. it. Dude, John no. Cena, dude, he's on, he's on things like glue. No, no. Our friend, John Cena, uh, he, who you can watch review AW collision, uh, every week. Um, yeah, he let me know, and and that, so that was announced by Netflix and TKO. It, it I thought we had a big news day already because we saw that Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, is now a member of the TKO Board of Directors. Which, if for for the for people who don't know, the Board of Directors does not mean he's a W executive, but he is an independent member of the Board of Directors. Who they, I don't know how often they meet. They probably meet like once a month or once every other month, and they advise uh, the company, which advise the board, which does include executive members uh, on how to run the business. But yes, he's a member of the board. He's longstanding got, relationship with Endeavor with yes. Ari Emanuel. Um, yes. Goes without saying the the other connections he has within the company. Nick Khan as well goes, you know, significantly back with Nick Khan that precedes Nick Khan's WWE tenure as well. So yes, independent, but certainly with his, you know, enormous ties. And 
I mean, they, I really feel this will be parlayed into I've got the seat at the table. I mean, this is just writes itself, does it not? We'll be acknowledged on television that he's a member of TKO board of directors. I mean, I, you and I always have a fascination with like the language, the, 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 yes. the kind of the painting the picture that they're very good at. And Dwayne Johnson is, you know, my family built this table and now I have a seat at this table. I mean, he's very much making like, this is the story of like uh, a wrestling family that has now seen it's a, it's, it, it's biggest member now crossover into, into this realm as a member of the board of directors. I'm sure it, just a hint in high chief Peter Maiva's uh, uh, eye back at the time was a seat at the board of directors table. Yeah. It, so there's a wrestler on the board. I mean, Paul Levesque has been a member of the WB board. Paul Levesque is not a member of the TKO board. I, I view it in the in the sense that look you know the rock is not just a movie star he's not just a former wrestler but he is involved in a lot of different businesses and a lot of what's it redbird capital um he's involved in the ufl which is now the merger of the usfl and the xfl so it's not unreasonable at all to think about him being a member of the sport when you go through his his business um endeavors pardon the pun like they are so parallel with what tko is doing like this this makes a whole lot of sense on many different levels beyond just the the WWE connection. But I mean, with with seven bucks productions, with so many of, of his business interests that this I mean, you can see and just the history that exists here between him and Endeavor. Yes, we have the picture of, of him uh, with Nikon and Anashkan uh, and that that broke the news to us that that Dwayne Johnson and the Khan were friends going way back to their days where they lived in Hawaii when the Khans lived in Hawaii. So, well, let's go. read this. This was the WWE's release on the on the Netflix deal, and we'll start there. WWE part of TKO Group Holdings today announced a long term partnership that will bring WWE's flagship weekly program Raw to the world's leading entertainment service. This marks a major programming shift as Raw leaves linear television for the first time since its inception. 31 years ago, beginning in January 25, Netflix will be the exclusive new home of Raw in the U.S., Canada, U.K., and Latin America, among other territories, with additional countries and regions to be added over time. Likewise, as part of the agreement, Netflix will also become the home for all WWE shows and specials outside the U.S. as available, inclusive of Raw and WWE's other weekly shows, SmackDown and NXT, as well as the company's premium live events, including WrestleMania, SummerSlam and the Royal Rumble. WWE's award-winning documentaries, original series and forthcoming projects will also be available on Netflix internationally beginning in 2025. Mark Shapiro, this deal is transformative. It marries the can't-miss WWE product with Netflix's extraordinary global reach and locks in significant and predictable economics for many years. Our partnership fundamentally alters and strengthens the media landscape, dramatically expands the reach of WWE, and brings weekly live appointment viewing to Netflix. And we'll pause there. There are more more quotes and uh, reaction to this. But on the surface, uh, let's just paint this picture because whenever these deals happen, it's uh, the immediate question from most fans is, how does this affect me? And in the U.S., Brandon, why don't you explain, what does this mean for the WWE consumer a year from now? How am I going to get my WWE wrestling on a weekly basis? I I think there are some questions we don't know the answer to yet, but you're going to watch Raw come January next year on Netflix live. And if you saw Alex Sherman's tweet just now, if you are if you are on the tier that does not get ads, you pay a little more so you don't have to see ads. You're going to be able to see the headlocks during the commercial breaks or whatever they're going to do during commercial breaks. Maybe they'll do a little bit more because there will be an more of an audience there. Um, 
in terms of the PLEs, it's my understanding that th- that deal runs through March 2026 in the U.S., so that's still going to stay on Peacock. I don't believe what was announced today involves the U.S. PLE and library rights. No. I believe those are still going to be shopped with the the UFC rights that are currently held by ESPN. So perhaps Netflix will be a bidder in that. Maybe they will move. Uh, however, the U.K., Canada, beginning next year, 2025, everything on Netflix as a Canadian. Can you agree with that? Major change. Yes. So yes. the deal in Canada's 10-year deal with WWE and Rogers Sportsnet is up this year. And that was a package that included Raw, SmackDown, NXT. It included Main Event. And maybe most importantly, they were the Canadian distributor of the WWE Network. We have a linear channel for the WWE Network um, that, that you could watch. All that in is apparently going to Netflix. Like to follow WWE in Canada, you will need to be following it through Netflix. So that means you will That's be safe. Raw, SmackDown, NXT, PLEs. If you live in the UK or Canada, you're going to watch them on Netflix. Yes, unless otherwise. I, I have asked when the deal is up with Sportsnet. I'm going with the assumption that it will be until the end of the year, and then they will switch over. But we have this gap that remains unanswered for the U.S. rights that we know that this deal was to end September 30th of 2024. And what happens for those final three months has a short-term extension quietly been agreed to and USA will just continue for an additional three months. That would be the presumption, but has not been outright stated. I have asked NBC universal. I think I've asked WWE uh, no responses yet, uh, but I've put questions out there. You would think, I mean, there's, there's no home for, for raw for those final three months of this year. I would expect it's going to be on USA network, but we don't have that confirmed. Yes. And conversely, for the U.S. picture, you will still need your USA Network programming with SmackDown and then CW having NXT. So you will have uh, broadcast, cable, and now streaming will be the three buckets for at least the U.S. picture and including the the streaming rights on, on Peacock. True. They'll be broadcast through the CW Network. For, by, for the, by the skinniest of margins, they are on broadcast television through the CW. So the big question to me that we don't have a clear answer on is what's the value. Well, we know what the value of this deal is. This is a, by the way, this is a 10 year deal with Netflix that WWE has made for all of these rights. Apparently $5 billion, 10 years. That's an average annual value of $500 million per year, but that's not just for the U S raw rights, which are currently $265 million a year. That is also for the entire media rights value of the UK, the entire media rights value of Canada, the entire media rights value of Latin America and other territories. I'm on the, under the impression that this is going to include everything except for the US and the Middle East North Africa deal, which is held by NBC, not NBC, NBC. So I believe as these deals internationally that are currently held by the rights holders in various international territories, as those rights expire, they're those rights are going to move to Netflix throughout the globe. Netflix is a global service, unlike some other streaming services like Peacock, which is basically only the U.S. Uh, Netflix has over 200 million subscribers worldwide. Uh, and all of those rights, I believe, with the exception of the U.S. and Saudi Arabia, Middle East, North Africa, are going to migrate to Netflix over the years. In India as well, they mentioned, as long as the, the Sony deal is in place as well. Was in, like, what, what's, what's been mentioned about India? That... 
India was one of the territories that Nikon stated is not migrating into Netflix, at least while this deal is in, in, pro- in progress with Sony. Okay. okay. I'm under the impression that the India deal with Sony will expire at the end of 2026, I think, but we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens here. So, yeah, Brandon brings up, I think, one of the biggest questions, because I think the the confusion will be people will look at the existing average annual value of the raw rights of $265 million and the contrast. Point, point being, we don't know if this is an increase in payment or maybe a decrease in payment. Well, that's it. I think people are going to compare the the 265 to 500 and it's not an apples to apples comparison. There's so many territories baked into that new figure that it's hard to sort of disseminate and see what is you know, the number they were shooting for was 1.4x. And when Ari Emanuel was on CNBC this morning, was essentially asked, like, what is the what is the the value, the increase and just left it at it's in line with the market expectations, which would tell you it's in the range of a 40 percent increase. But they were not going to give any definitive percentage. Certainly, yeah. the stock has taken this as as a great boost for. Should we, should we play that clip from uh, from from CNBC this morning? Yes. The the numbers behind this. The filing said over five billion over ten years. Right. A lot of debate amongst investors. How much that's a multiple to your current deal? What can you tell them right now in terms of from monetary perspective how right. significant this is and how much of an improvement it is over the previous deal? Well, all I say is that we are in line with the market's expectations of where our step up would be. And the only other thing I would say is it's Netflix. They're the global leader. They're the best person. Best company with regard to sports entertainment, um, whether they've done it with Formula One, whether they've done it with Tour de France. Okay. So to recap, what's the value of this deal, Ari? Netflix, mic drop, answered. That was uh, essentially the uh, the answer there from Ari Man. Could, could you, Brandon, could you have envisioned you and I uh, doing this show with 500 people in the background talking like that? I mean, credit to the CNBC staff. I mean, that would drive me insane. They're on the, the, the floor of the near stock exchange, I guess. So he's, you could read what he said in a lot of different ways. I'm sure that was whatever he was prepared to say was vetted by other legal people. <laughs> Take this however um, you want. <laughs> my impression of what he's saying is the, the market's expectations to me. I mean, somebody asked me like a few days ago, what was the market? What's baked into the stock price in terms of an increase on raw? And it's 1.4x because that was what the increase was for SmackDown. SmackDown moved from Fox to NBC Universal at a 1.4x increase, which was disappointing to the, to the stock. Um, so if this was in line with that, that would tell me that what he's saying there is that this is a 40% increase. Now, I've, I've been doing the math just as we were about to go on the air here. And to, to, not, to not bog this down in boring details, I can I can back out a bunch of math and, and get to like maybe a 20% increase. Um, I've been asking asking around a lot of people this morning. Haven't gotten any clear answers, but you know, I I am I wouldn't be surprised if this was a down deal. But I can get to I can look at their filings and look at the international and domestic revenue disclosures that they make and make some assumptions about how other money is is distributed around uh, W's finances and get get to something like 150 million dollars in international media rights because I'm sort of, I'm under the impression that everything's going to move over. You're saying maybe not India, though, and India is their second biggest market. But I'm under the impression that a lot of these, if not all of the, the international rights, except for the media deal, are going to move to to Netflix and you know overtake the current deals, um, which would mean that that you're going to have a 265 million dollar deal 
uh, that's that's going to be superseded here. But also all those international rights. The long story short is I can get to about a 20% increase if, it, if you do the math that way. Um, so – the stock loves it though. The stock is well, the stock is is moderating here. Actually, as I look at it, it was up to as much as up as much as twenty percent, nineteen percent earlier today. As I look at it right now, it is at eighty seven dollars and forty cents, which is a almost thirteen percent increase on the day. So, the stock cool, cooled a little, but I mean, still, yeah. you know, this is the most significant the TKO stock has been in its existence since day one. Yeah, it's been a tough time for the stock. It's been down since the. The closing of the merger back in September was at $100 when that merger was closed, roughly $100. And it's now now at 87 which is a lot better than where it was yesterday in the, I believe, the mid-70s. As, you know, as the American here on this show, Brandon, what do you sense will be the reaction from your average fan that will now be looking at, you know, if I if I'm a if I'm a consumer that wants to be following all this, I mean, CW is, you know, broadcast, ne- a broadcast network, but technically need cable for SmackDown. I need Peacock for the streaming live events. And now here is another upcharge every month. If I'm not a Netflix subscriber already, um, you know, it is, you know, a- another, it-, it is another ask of your audience in terms of following this product that will require more investment on a monthly basis. Do you sense that that will be at all a, uh, you know, a, a bit of friction, as they like to say, or do you think that this will be a, a rather it, seamless trend to transition that you are talking about Netflix here? I mean, if there is a streaming service that your fan base is going to have, this is probably the one that they are going to be most comfortable with and might already have. Yeah, I mean, it depends on what boat you're in. If, if you're somebody who's, you know, and I think I'm, I'm, you and I are like right in about the middle of the age where that divide is happening. If, if you're a little bit younger than us, you, you've probably never subscribed to cable and you've only subscribed to streaming services. You're a little bit older than us. You've, you've probably only ever subscribed to cable. Oh, you probably have a, a lot of streaming services too. And you might have Netflix. Um, I know as, as we were getting ready here, I know there's some, some comments already in the chat about how, how can you ask W fans to pay for a streaming service to watch their weekly product? And I think, well, look, cable, What's the most expensive TV service in, in, in the United States or in the world? It's it's cable TV, which which costs you you were just you know massacring uh, Rogers the, the other day uh, a couple breaking weeks. Breaking news, by the way. Um, I mean, this is going to get lost in the shuffle, but I jumped ship yesterday. Okay, did you jump ship? You are now looking at John Pollock, who will be in a Bell household by the Royal Rumble. Okay. Oh my goodness! So I, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to get that'll just overwhelm the lead here. But nonetheless, yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rogers. Sorry, Sayonara. This post-wrestling podcast is brought to you by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Financial literacy can be daunting, but it's one of the most valuable things you can equip yourself with. On NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast, their trusted financial journalists offer easily digestible, conversational discussions on topics like balancing your portfolio. If you think an ETF is one of Cena's five moves of doom, this show might be for you. Planning for your tax bills this April, so you don't have to worry about a visit from Erwin R. Scheister and putting away more money for retirement. Because unlike most wrestlers at the end of their careers, most of us should only plan on retiring once. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. So but if you, if you look at the, the, the trends, and we all know cable is in decline, people are cutting the cord, and, and cable subscriptions are down. They're down to about $70 million in December. Netflix is going to report its quarterly earnings this evening. And as of their last quarterly report, three months ago, they were at over 70 million subscribers between the U.S. and Canada. 
And if I, if I just, you know, sort of multiply that by the ratio of the national populations between the U.S. and Canada, I get to about 69 million U.S. subscribers. And again, cable, and this includes everything. This is your regular cable, your satellite cable TV, your yes, yes, it includes the live, the Hulu lives and the Fubos and the YouTube TVs. If you've got any sort of access to traditional cable, you're counted in this unless you're sharing your parents' uh, passwords or something. Uh, but, but that's at about 70, 70. And Netflix is at about 69. We'll see what they report today. If it, They may or may not report an increase. There have been quarters sequentially where Netflix subscribers have not gone up, especially uh, in the U.S. But we're getting to a point here where these, where Netflix, which is by far the most popular streaming service, at least in the U.S., is um, going to, in the next five years, overtake traditional cable, perhaps. And you can make the argument that Netflix, if you're dealing with Netflix, I don't know about the others, but if you're dealing with Netflix, you might have stronger reach there than you will have with cable throughout the duration of this deal, which is another subject we could talk about what the duration of this deal is going to be. It's a 10 year deal right now. We'll see how it ends up. Uh, They have an option. Netflix has an option as part of this agreement to opt out after five years if they wish. They also have an option to extend this deal by another decade. So this is either going to be a five-year deal or a 10-year deal or a 20-year deal. So, you, so, you and I could be approaching 60 by the time WWE's deal with Netflix is up. Uh, will we still be doing breaking news for the big discussions of uh, 2000? <laughs> but um, from the Netflix side of things, let, let's chat about it from, from that perspective. What was so... What is so valuable to Netflix um, that, and what this represents for Netflix in terms of its on-ramp into live sports? I think this represents two, two pretty decisive signals from the media world. This is beyond wrestling, right? In that, number one, Netflix is making a huge commitment to live programming. We've seen them only experiment up to this point with, they did what a Chris Rock special. They did a golf special. Um, there, there was lots of speculation given their success with drive to survive, which you guys covered. Uh, and maybe they would get into formula one live races. They did not. Um, but, but they make is, a big offer reportedly. Um, that you know, and, they were- and, and the, the belief, you know, the speculation was that, and I think they had said comments, exec- executives that said comments to the effect of, we don't want to, rent rights we don't want to license rights from sports leagues we want to perhaps own a sports league and we would like to have these rights globally so that ruled out to my view WWE as an option because w is going to license and WWE's you know the tko deal is done so th- this is a change but 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 netflix has changed its tune a lot when it comes to um doing advertising advertising they get they got into making their own content etc so this is a big commitment from them them and you could look at it in in one sense as we've been waiting for the fangs the big tech companies netflix amazon youtube uh apple to get really involved in sports rights and they've been much slower to get involved than media rights holders would have hoped um, but this is a big step. Now, this is, doesn't appear to be that big of a monetary deal compared to what WWE has now, but it is a big step by Netflix until this is going to be year-round live programming, which is unheard of on Netflix starting next year. And given that we don't see signs here that this is a huge increase in money for WWE, I think this is another signal of the moderation in in the live sports rights market. Um, and what encourages my 
thought on that is that this is a long deal. If if the live sports rights market is so electric and so on fire, fire, why are you committing to a 10-year deal, possibly a 20-year deal? Granted, we don't know what the terms would be if it was extended. It is possible that there's some huge escalator here if they choose to extend. But nonetheless, you're you're you could be locked in here for for 10 years. That was that was my big take from this entire thing was like the the term in ter- and the sense of like, do we want to be going back in five years to be negotiating this? And granted, there is that carve out. It's not out of the realm of possibility that after five years, maybe Netflix does walk away from this. I mean, that's probably a, a smaller chance of happening, but you can't forecast five years from now. Uh, we also will be getting to your questions. So I want to make everyone uh, aware in the chat. If you want to send in any of your super chats, we're going to get to all of them there. I'll also be uh, seeking out uh, if, if any other questions uh, arise, super chat or not. And we'll try to get to as many questions as we can on the show. But like, I would certainly think that this is not simply Netflix, just um, this is our strategy of live sports. I think this was a major announcement to the entire industry that we have now arrived at live sports, live entertainment, and this is only the beginning. And WWE will be a part of this grander picture that they will be that this will be probably a five to 10 year plan for Netflix and what its programming will be going from an on-demand service to a live programming network. Another question I have that we don't know the answer to is I'm guessing this is going to include next day rights based on we've seen the Hulu next day rights in the, which are only in the U S get extended periodically over the last couple of years. And I would, I would guess that this is, this is part of it. Um, I would think it includes, at least raw, and maybe it includes SmackDown. The SmackDown rights were, were subleased from Fox to Hulu, but we'll we'll see, we'll see what, if we get clarity on that uh, as time goes on. Um, the other thing I, I'm interested in, for <laughs> very particular to me reasons, is what about the TV ratings? Are we going to get TV ratings in any sort of third party independent form uh, for where are my leadership? Canadian ratings going to go, Brandon? That's right, um, and I'm just thinking U.S let alone other regions of the world. We've seen Nielsen cover big broadcasts from the NFL most recently. Uh, they've been doing every broadcast for Amazon Prime Video. They've, they've done the last two big telecasts on Peacock of NFL games. Will Netflix, by the time 2025 rolls around, be ready to measure the, you know, the, the viewership for something like Raw? I would, I, as we've talked about before here, I just don't know how you can, if you're an advertiser, look at, look at, buying advertising inventory with a live broadcast if you don't have some third party telling you how many eyeballs are there. So for for Russell Mount's reasons, of course, I'm I'm praying that there's going to be Nielsen uh, tracking this data. You would think that that is where this is moving toward. Uh, do I think that day one of this deal that we are going to be getting the, the level of transparency we get now in terms of the performance of a program? No, but by... I hope so, because day one is going to be huge, right? Well, day one, I'm sure we will get that next day press release for sure. But as we're looking, let, let's call it... Uh, a number or just a, or just a percentage increase? Well, it's it's going to be... Uh, it, it was in line with market expectations might be okay. uh, the, the headline of said press release. Um, we're going to move on to some questions in just a minute, but let us just touch on two other factors that come to mind inevitably surprise what was your level of surprise that here we are talking about the the raw domestic rights and netflix and the fact that this did come before an nba deal was completed and do you think that this enhances or decreases 
Netflix's interest if if it were to negotiate any part of the NBA package, if there if there is something for them to carve out. I'm surprised. I mean, we sat around here and talked for months about that nothing's going to happen until the NBA rights are done, and NBA NBA rights aren't going to be done for months. And now we do have in hand a raw deal, a SmackDown deal. Um, other people know better than I do about what's going to happen with the NBA. I would I I would think Netflix is a long shot to get any part of the NBA rights. I expect ESPN to definitely renew. Uh, I expect TNT to keep at least some. I expect NBC to get involved and maybe Amazon. And then you go down from there to the less likely candidates to me, which are Netflix, Apple. um, And that's basically it. And how would this set the scene for the last remaining uh, big deal of the year as it pertains to AEW rights? And what is, what what is the AEW? What is the television streaming landscape today after this deal? Um, is it a better outlook for a- for AEW? Is it same? Or here's why this is bad news for AEW. Okay. Um, in terms of it's it you know it, it would be better news for for AEW if W got a huge money deal here. If we were talking about, I guess it would have to be you know. Uh, something more than, than $5 billion over 10 years, something more than $500 million to replace whatever their, maybe let's say it's 450 is, is the aggregate value of everything that's going to be superseded here. Um, it would be better news if it was a bigger deal. This looks like maybe a 20% increase, maybe, maybe. And that's just my speculation. So, and we've got a 1.4 X increase for SmackDown. We've got a 1.7 X increase for NXT. NXT's cost per viewer hour is already, in the new deal will be lower than what the cost per viewer hour is for AEW. That said, you do have, you've made one deal with, with Netflix. So the, the options for TV partners all over the world, if they want wrestling, Netflix is, is sucking up almost all of those rights. Now NBCU's got SmackDown, but if, if you want wrestling on your streaming service or TV network, uh, Netflix is eating up a lot of that. So the only option beyond that is is to go with AEW. So I I still have the belief, I guess, that you know WBD will keep one or two, maybe three AEW shows. Maybe another one goes to another partner, like I don't know, maybe Fox or something like that. But it does at least open up the options for other networks if they want to get wrestling. They they can't really get the the W rights anymore, especially internationally. It's also when you're shuffling the seats at the table is the fact that of WWE's moves here, the only outlet that it's leaving completely is Fox. It's not as though they're vacating uh, their relationship with with Comcast. It's not like they are leaving like these open these existing broadcasters that have been in the professional wrestling business for the last five years beyond Fox being the obvious one, which I mean. Fox broadcast. I, I don't think anyone is expecting dynamite to land on Fox broadcast. We'd be talking about sort of your, your FS one component. So it, it does. And with everything we, that's happened here, I wouldn't even, I mean, nobody predicted SmackDown to USA. Nobody predicted raw to Netflix. I mean, you know, expect the unexpected, you know, I don't want to get into big brother here, but um, you know, I feel like surprises it, you know, continue to happen when it comes to these TV deals and things keep, continue to happen that I would have not predicted. Nick Khan was on with Pat McAfee today to discuss the deal. And 
uh, do, do we have that that clip in terms of him him being asked about yes. the night of the week that Raw is going to be placed on in Netflix? And here is Nick Khan's answer with some caveats. Is it Raw still going to be on Mondays? Mm. Is it going to be Monday Night Raw as we've known it? Or is it going to be different days? What was that conversation like? And uh, looking forward to this answer. Yeah, we all are. At this moment in time, it remains Monday Night Raw. But keep in mind, we got ten and a half months until this deal's up and running. So we're looking at what you're looking at and what everyone else is looking at. You have a proliferation of gambling with Monday Night Football. You have an enhanced Disney package, better games, all credit to Jimmy Pataro, the Bob Father, as Pat, you and I call him. You coined that term, Bob Iger, no, I- and all the other good <laughs> folks at Disney. You got the Manning cast. You got this year, it was on ABC and ESPN, Monday Night Football. You got last season, the the, the playoff game that they got, uh, I believe, was Tom Brady at the Cowboys or the season before, whatever that was. You also have the College National Championship, football and hoops on Mondays. So you got a lot of Mondays where there's stiff competition. That said, even against Alabama-Michigan and the Washington-Texas game uh, a few weeks ago, Monday Night Raw did a .6 in the 18-49 demo, which is a massive rating against big competition. Yeah. If we stay on Mondays, it'll work. If we move it to a different day, we think it'll work, too. Such a babyface promo right there. Yeah. Nick Khan, the babyface. I think he brings just, up a lot of great points. Just, 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 to, just to be pedantic sure. real quick. .6, I'm guessing he's talking about a cable rating. So if you're thinking about, I, I didn't see you know, uh, Raw do a .6 on that day, which I, it probably did like a .44 or something like that. He's prob- So we're thinking about the national rating when, when, when we report the ratings because that's what's available to us. He's, I think he's talking about a cable rating, which is the percentage of the homes that have access to the, to the cable network anyway. Yeah, because it was it was a... Uh... That was what the the January eighth game point four four that week did, did did do a point six the week prior. He might be conflating weeks too because point six was the January first show with uh that was the Rock showing up, wasn't it? Okay, probably <laughs> it was. Okay, so um yeah, I mean the the Monday night discussion I think is like it if you are Netflix, I think that's that's a huge discussion point. Like we are building this this block of wrestling programming. Uh, Monday is the traditional night. You have an audience that is geared for Monday nights to watch WWE programming for three hours, but it is a night that is just intensifying when it comes to what we saw this season with ABC simulcasting the Monday night games. And is this, is that the best, best growth night versus, okay, we can take, some hit by moving to a new night, but the long term will that'll be a much more um, fortuitous night for us. Yeah, I could see it going either way. As as he mentioned, Monday is a tough night. You got to go against Monday Night Football four months out of the year, and there's certainly nothing on Netflix's uh, programming schedule that it would interfere with because there's nothing live that's that's on their schedule. So I could. Nor see are they handicapped by like they don't have to have a hard out at three hours. Like like they could be make it four hours. Like they they seriously do not have to have the concern of unless they are introducing some like rigid schedule of like up this is a programming block that we want to maintain viewership after with another program after. But in theory, like this thing can if it goes three hours and twenty minutes, if it goes two hours and forty minutes, it's not they're not at the mercy of any kind of schedule. Yeah. So it, it, it's, it's on one hand, you have the tradition of this being a Monday night show for over 30 years. And on the other hand, this, this is a tough night to, 
to hold viewership, especially during the fall and winter months. So it's, it's those two things. And I don't know how they'll weigh it. And listening to Nikon's comment, it sounds like they haven't decided yet. All right, let's go to some of the questions here. I like this first one here from her niece. Thank you for the super chat. Interesting that they took the guarantee from Netflix over breaking a smaller deal around the world. This seems great news for AEW in other countries. So while we're somewhat U.S. focused on AEW, on an international perspective, these are a lot of territories that are losing WWE programming that could very much open the door. I mean, AEW, I don't know when the exact... uh time of the deal is up for AEW with TSN in Canada. Mm -hmm. But in theory, you have Rogers Sportsnet that does have a UFC deal, but they are losing WWE. It at least opens up the other competitive sports broadcaster in Canada if they if they want to make a run at AEW and, and stay with professional wrestling. And that would go for many territories, I think. I, I would speculate the room for revenue growth for AEW is a lot greater by percentage in international markets as opposed to the U.S. Yes, U.S. will be and is and will continue to be the most valuable market for them. But I would think that they just, they just haven't built up the history yet of, of being sought after content in these international markets. And there, there being only one wrestling option left, AEW should help with that. We go to our, our next super chat here. Given the international rights packaged in and the five-year option, is this actually a great deal by the numbers? I mean, if you've been listening to, to Brandon's breakdown of this, I think that's certainly the reaction was this is a fantastic deal. But that is a top-of-line question is, okay, it's a staggering figure when you hear $5 billion, but let's let's break all the pieces together. And if it turns out to be in the neighborhood of, Brandon's estimation of a, of a 20% increase, I mean, that's well below expectations of what this raw deal was going to be, but it is also packaged with the Netflix branding and a worldwide scope that typically what we have seen is that the Wall Street loves the idea of gearing yourself towards the future. And this deal certainly does um, check those boxes as this being a, a move for the future by WWE with the leading brand of streaming services by night and day. Yeah, they, they use the word Netflix, and it is a secure deal. It's 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 solidly defining the future. It, it's taking away some uncertainty because it's it's not even a ten year deal. It's a, a ten. Or it's not even a five year deal. It's perhaps a ten year deal if they exercise the option, or maybe it's a twenty year deal. Um, j just to to show the the math here uh, that I'm doing, I I went through um, WWE's 10K. And I tried to, I don't know if people can see this, if this is big enough, but I tried to ex extract what is the media value that's just international. And I got to about 150, or if we take this, uh, this comment off the screen, I got to about 150 uh, in, in 2022. So it's probably some escalator in there making a little bit more. So we're somewhere in the neighborhood of $150 million uh, in international media rights value by, by my math here. So you've got to take that as as something that that will eventually be over the years i think eclipsed by this deal uh, i'm i am assuming in there that india will be will be taken in into netflix as well um so you've got to take that that is the value that's going to be eaten up by this deal plus the 265 million dollars in u.s value for raw that's what what's 150 plus 465 that's something like 510 or something like that and then maybe consider that they're not going to eat up the the mina deal okay add about 15 so we're maybe at like 525 or something like that um 
in current value versus 500. So I, I, the way I just depicted it, it sounds like a down deal. Um, the way I, way I did the math off air before we came on here, it does, it did sound like a 20% up deal. Uh, however, I formulated the math differently. So yeah, ambiguity here on whether or not this is, this is an up deal, but the stock market loves it. I think because you said Netflix and you do have a long guarantee. A, uh, a super stacker here from, uh, from, from MJ. Thank you, MJ. Jake from the Windy City. With this Netflix deal finalized, I feel the Vince McMahon documentary will now be more glowing to him than I thought. Was, was this the whole purpose of this? Like, Nick, I want you to get us a deal. That puts me in the, the most favorable light. What, what becomes of this Vince McMahon Netflix uh, documentary? Does this affect the deal? I don't know. I, I, I did have that thought that did cross my mind as well. Does, the, does this affect the tone of, of, the, uh, of the, the deal, which is probably the edit is not done yet, right? But who knows? Who knows? I, I, think they're, I think they're largely separate subjects overall. I think people, if you were skeptical of the Vince documentary, I don't think this is going to change your mind. And I think that it's, it will be what it will be. It's, it's going to be a noteworthy documentary regardless of what the content is. Um, and I'm sure we will take a great interest when, when that eventually drops. Does this increase the Vince McMahon media tour when that documentary comes out? Do you think he's going to do? Doubtful. Uh, no. Doubtful. Was, was out at the, they, they rang yes. the opening bell at the New York Stock Exchange. We got the, uh, all the, uh, the key players together. No Dana White, uh, there, but I guess he's kind of separate from this kind of photo op. Um, we haven't talked too much about Dwayne Johnson. We did a bit off the top, but just, uh, uh, from, from the Variety uh, story here that Dwayne Johnson has joined the board of directors of TKO Group, uh, the company formed by Endeavor. Johnson, one of the most popular actors and media personalities on the planet, broke out as a star for WWE in the 90s and early 2000s. Okay, we're going over championships one. I think everyone can uh, do their Wikipedia. I'm thrilled to partner with Dwayne and welcome his immense talent to the TKO board, says Ari Emanuel, CEO of TKO. Dwayne brings an incredible track record of creating content and building globally recognized consumer brands. And WWE added that it has also entered into a services and merchandising agreement with Johnson. Under that agreement, Johnson will provide promotional licensing and other services to the company. Johnson also gains ownership of the trademark name, The Rock, as part of an intellectual assignment agreement. I'm sure with uh, Don Morocco trademarks. maybe getting a kickback of any sort. No, <laughs> that's a good question. And, and related trademarks, including taglines. So it sounds like he got some of his catchphrases as well as part of this, whatever, whatever is the related rock IP. Um, because if you go back when rock was still like kind of in the embryonic stages of his film career, it was a licensing deal initially. And if you remember, there was actually this contentious issue because they would not make the same deal for Stone Cold Steve Austin when he was trying to branch out as well. The Steve so Austin was, podcast. That's right. Yeah. So like, and wasn't is, Dwayne Johnson just just Dwayne Johnson when he was a movie star and early in his his Hollywood career? He was well. There was a period where he was Dwayne the Rock Johnson, and Vince McMahon got an executive producer credit on some okay. of those films where they would license it. But then they he went through that period in the mid to late two thousands where he got away from the Rock, and that was when. Like wrestling was off to the side and he had it was it was really like the like 2011 period. And I I think that coincides with um, kind of the, the shift back to uh, embracing the the pro wrestling aspect and tie ins that, that we have seen over 13, 14 years. And it was disclosed that in 2023, he made something like four four hundred ninety one thousand dollars, almost a half a million dollars in just royalties for his appearances, which I think he only made one appearance, right? In 2023 in, in the calendar year. He did the Pat McAfee appearance on SmackDown. Was With that Austin, the only appearance Austin last year? Theory. 
Yes. Yeah. And, and merchandise royalties. Um, I don't know if that includes any video royalties. I don't know how much that's even a thing anymore, but that's, that's a lot of money. I could live off that much money. I think um, just, just What's Dwayne Johnson much. doing with a, with a $490,000 check. I mean, is that just like a paperweight? I mean, is it, uh, right. Uh, right. And he's, and he's getting $30 million in stock as part of this agreement that he made with WWE yesterday, uh, which also included him gaining the, the rights to his name and joining the board. Um, I, I did want to mention here too, uh, from, from the Nikon interview today with Pat McAfee, they did start off the, the interview giving praise to, to Vince McMahon and Kevin Dunn, how great they are. Um, but, but they did. I, I, I do have to, to credit Nikon uh, busting out his, his wrestling uh, nerd knowledge uh, telling the story about when Paul Levesque first called him to introduce himself to Nikon, uh, Paul, uh, Nikon said, "Oh yeah, I know who you are. Uh, you're terrorizing from WCW." So, did, did add, Hunter maybe that. do a do a shoot spit take when when he <laughs> threw out that name? The story was that they hit, Paul Levesque first reached out to Nikon when Tim Tebow was cut by the New England Patriots. Uh, he was cut in August of 2013. So that's the time frame we're looking at. And Paul Levesque was pitching Nick Khan on the idea of Tim Tebow doing a match with Big Show at the next year's WrestleMania, which I guess would have been the New Orleans show. Um, for he whatever reason. Is that 2014, the New Orleans? He, he was cut in the summer of 2013. So I'm imagining that it would have been the following year's Mania. Has Big Show had more of these rumored WrestleMania matches than anyone like Shaq? Now you had Tim Tebow to the mix. I mean, he seems to like he got the Mayweather match, but I mean, the, the celebrity go to has been. Big Bono. Show. Yes. Yeah. Well, I would love to. What, what fell apart with Tim Tebow? I mean, like by this period, like Tim Tebow, I'd be like, uh, I'm all ears to be uh, talking. You're talking about like a nice payday to do a WrestleMania match. Like what, what fell apart in 2013 that this guy uh, could not do this WrestleMania match? That would have been my follow up. And, and just to add, Patrick OJ seems to have recognized that I added an extra 100 by accident when I did the math there. So that's probably right. And that it's, it's more like 265 plus 150 would be 150, uh, would be 415, which is less than 500. There, that that's that's the accounting you get here in in, in real time with uh, Patrick Oje and Brandon Thurston. Yes. Um, yeah. Beyond that, um, I mean, there wasn't a whole lot that came out of the uh, the Pat McAfee discussion. I mean, this really was kind of like a victory lap on this big deal. Um, it was interesting to hear Nick Khan use the contrast of like you know twenty years ago, Raw was on. Like he definitely leaned on the Nashville Network, which it technically yeah. was never on the Nashville Network. The moment that deal was signed. Before they got the on national there, it became the national network when they got WWE yeah. rights. The, the I mean, coverage the of, network of CNN was, and USA were the same. Yeah. So, I mean, he's playing it that, like, you know, Raw, we went from the Nashville network and SmackDown on UPN to today we're on uh, Netflix and NBC. The SmackDown is from, now NBC. From smoke-filled auditoriums to the global phenomenon that we know today. Yes. Which we do have the Saturday night. Uh, what, what are the, uh, the quarterly specials will be on NBC of some sort? Yes, that's that's right. They so will have they quarterly do, specials. They will have specials on NBC. Uh, but right. other than that, and yeah, for you, you terrorizing fans, that was the deep cut that was uh, brought up on, on the um, show. So he did mention in this interview that the deal came together in the last couple of months, whatever that means. So it gives you some timing about how quickly this came together. And I, I can also add that, you know, think about Netflix has made a lot of moves into gaming. Um this 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 is uh not not something I know well about, but the, but Netflix there are games that you can play at least like on the iPad or mobile. I mm-hmm. don't know if it's a thing on TV yet, but you, but there are games that Netflix is playing in clearly, and 
WWE certainly has a lot of IP that works well in mobile games, as we've seen. So, and we did have the announcement the other day about the new console game, uh, 2K24, coming out uh, in March. Jason Hagholm asks, what do you see the WWE schedule being with SmackDown moving to Tuesdays in October? Is that um, happening? Well, that has not been announced. Um, is, that, is that a rumor? Uh, maybe, it's a, maybe it's a rumor. Um, I mean, th- the schedule, I think, is, I think it's really premature to even guess. I don't think it's a lock. That it Ross would be stays- cheaper to, to run Monday, Tuesday. In it terms certainly of would. The, the touring. And I would say SmackDown on Friday, I would put the probability of that as not nothing, but I think it's low. It just does not make a whole lot of sense to me other than because we believe they are such creatures of habit that that's our night we want to present SmackDown on. But logistically, it would make a lot more sense to have them on back-to-back nights for those reasons. Um, but the, listen, I don't. I threw this idea out there and it's maybe nothing happens of it. But if Raw moves... Um, the idea of USA moving SmackDown to Mondays sounds crazy, but I could absolutely Monday see Night SmackDown. Why not? What What do you think strategically about if you're WWE? It looks like you have a lot of flexibility here in terms of what night you're going to go on. Why not just put one of those shows on whatever night Dynamite's on? There's nothing stopping them from doing that. I don't. I don't think the idea of like a, another head-to-head is uh, at all something to discount here. I mean, you have the potential of AEW spreading its shows, and the idea of like a Wednesday night SmackDown. Like all these things are on the table. Like an NXT, we don't know where that's going to go if that remains on Tuesdays. If it goes elsewhere, it's the I argument think- against that is that if you want to maximize your viewership, your viewership is going to take a hit going against Dynamite. You will certainly have the higher viewership, I would think. I know streaming makes this a little more complicated, but you'll you'll probably have the higher viewership than than Dynamite, and that will diminish the the number of eyeballs that you're able to deliver for your TV partner. But if if you're only thinking about your own self interest here, and you want to. I mean, I think AEW has solidly uh, become less of a threat since Vince has been out of creative and, and W has seen fan, tr- fan interest in attendance and TV ratings improve. Um, but if you really want to make sure that they're not a threat, <laughs> go against them on, on, on their flagship show. Will minutes viewed be the new demo ratings? Number of minutes consumed. Maybe that will be... I, I love consuming minutes. Again, I, I hope that Nielsen will start to track this stuff and we'll we'll get we'll get information and they they've got a year to uh get it together. How do you view the the Peacock deal being the next sizable deal on the table for WWE? It's up in March of 2026, which is a very strategic timing in the calendar for WWE that in theory that we don't know a WrestleMania date for well, we don't know one for 2025, much less 2026. Um yeah. But when you're looking at it, I mean, it comes at a at a time when you would think like if there's a move over, it could coincide with the launch somewhere else with your WrestleMania right. True. event on it. And true. So that first event is your biggest event of the year. And you'll have enough of. Well, you'll have a year plus under your belt with Netflix because like Netflix is going to be looking to getting into like for its highest tier. Like, uh, so, so when does the UFC ESPN plus rights expire. When is that deal? End of 2025. So like we're, we're talking within months of each other that those two key deals are, are up. Yeah. I I, I get the sense that that's going to be shopped together, that both of those will be, I mean, look, look at what you have now. You've got uh, Peacock that has it now, the, the W rights. You've got ESPN plus that has the UFC rights. Currently you've got um, Netflix as a 
logical. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you love to have all of it? Netflix in the, in the United States, you want to have it globally? Well, bid and, and, and outbid these other guys. Um, not unreasonable to, to think that Amazon won't be interested. I do believe that they were interested in, in rights to some extent uh, for, for WWE. Yeah. And I'm just looking at like, this is what everyone has forecasted with like your, your cable bill will slowly be replaced by your streaming bill. If you're, and granted, I don't think it's a crazy overlap any longer, but if you're someone that is following UFC at any consistent basis in the U S like you're looking at like Netflix is a must have Peacock is a must have and ESPN plus is a must have for if you're following it, just, just the big cards alone, even if it's not on a, on a, on a weekly basis. And that is where things are going to shift for people. And, and we're already seeing that at the moment. Yeah. And this was one of the things that was hyped when this merger deal was done is that this is, this is one of the synergy values that they're going to be able to deal media rights together. And that, that has not yet come to fruition, but we're early, early in the deal, but the most reasonable time to expect that is is the streaming rights in in the u.s for both the ufc rights and the w rights uh those could be dealt together i did i did listen to the um the new york stock exchange live stream this morning where they had someone from axios you know making it sound like peacock uh was distributing pay-per-view uh for wwe which is it is not um but and and it could go back to that model but who knows yeah, Jason was just following up here saying that Nick Cotton said that SmackDown was moving in October on Pat McAfee. That I heard, and we know it's moving in October. I did yes. not hear Tuesday, though. I, I think that would have been more highlighted if they were committing to a night of the week. But yeah, the, the deal with Fox is up September 30th, and they will move to the USA Network. But if if we missed uh, uh, a big night of the week change, uh, we will follow up. But as, as of right now, SmackDown, I believe, is up in the air what night it will land on. All right. Well, um, I think we have uh, addressed a lot of the key points. Um, you're not going to be getting rid of us this week. We are coming back tomorrow at our usual time of 3 p.m. Eastern time. And we're going to be joined by Dave Meltzer at the start of the show. Um, we were going to be breaking down the, the Okada news and maybe we will get around to Okada. But obviously, this will probably take precedence on that show. And uh, and who knows who else? Uh, Brandon and I have sent out some uh, some requests. We will see if uh, people get back to us. Maybe we will have. Uh, another guest on the show. Have you sent out requests already? I have. I have sent a few. Okay. Um, okay. We, we will see who we hear back from. Who's uh, who's on our uh, RSVP list? We'll find out. Yes. I, I've had to redo our, our thumbnail here for this, this show tomorrow at, at least once. And I, oh, I thought I was going to have to redo it again. Man, I, uh, man, you got ahead of yourself on, on Sunday. Yes, I graphic. thought I was getting work done early by, uh, by, by doing the, this graphic here. Where we're going to talk to Dave Meltzer about Okada. Yeah, it's uh, sometimes we, we this is the show that I, I really gamble with of like when we book a guest. Uh, thankfully, we had a guest here very easy to uh, transfer topics with. But uh, nonetheless, you never know what is going to happen. Was not expecting this deal to start off Tuesday morning, but so is so is the television streaming industry. And I uh, want to thank everyone for joining us here for this live uh, breaking news edition of the show. Uh, again, we'll be back tomorrow, three Eastern. We'll take more questions if you have any, and perhaps we will get more deals. Netflix, as Brandon mentioned, is having uh, an earnings call yes. tonight. So I would think that this is going to be a pretty heavy topic because yes. absent of WWE, this represents a major shift for Netflix and what it could be just step one of. And I would think that this is going to be um, the dominant topic uh, tonight on Netflix and, and what this means for their Five-year plan, ten-year plan, twenty-year yeah. plan. This is a huge media story for Netflix, and I, I can't wait to hear people who 
who, who don't spend every day talking about the uh, W business uh, like we do to talk about W business. Uh, but I think it'll, you know, this is, this has been a, an answer to a question that people have been asking for a long time. It's when is Netflix going to get involved in, in live and are, or, or when, and they have, uh, they will January, 2025. So it's huge. Um, it's another player at the table, a big player at the table. And that is great news for all of these sports properties that now you have, like, if this is successful, um, this is only the start for Netflix. I don't think WWE is the end game. Right. There will, there will be analyst questions uh, this, this evening. I, I don't know what they do. They, they do something weird with, with the Netflix earnings calls, but we'll have, we'll have an update on subscriber numbers. And I'm sure there will be conversation about this uh, with executives this evening. All right. That's going to wrap it up for us. Again, you can uh, follow uh, Brandon Thurston, all of his great work and analysis over at WrestleNomics.com. We will have updates over at PostWrestling.com. So there you have it. We will be chatting with you in a mere 25 hours. So the countdown to the next Pollock and Thurston begins now. Man, you're getting you're getting two shows from us this week. I mean, this is this is all for free. You know what they call this, Brandon? This is tonnage. More content, more eyeballs, and we will monetize it all. All right, that's it for us. For Brandon Thurston, I am John Pollock. We'll talk to you tomorrow.